The faith-based filtering service VidAngel was looking to produce an original series. After seeing Dallas Jenkins' short film, The Shepherd, a short film that earned $15 million, VidAngel met with Jenkins about creating a series so that people could binge-watch the story of Jesus. After turning to crowdfunding to finance the first season, the series opened to a warm reception from fans and critics alike. That was The Chosen. And this is God Fellas. Saddle up with McGee and me As we head on an adventure in Odyssey We'll focus on the family with a veggie tale It's the greatest adventure with great detail God Fellas, God Fellas Meet it online for a small group time God Fellas, God Fellas Christian media gets a rewind. Hello, friends, and welcome to another thrilling episode of God Fellas, the small group that meets online. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Mr. Mitch. And I'm Mr. Brandon. And tonight we will be talking about the television show, The Chosen, featured on the streaming service. Vid Angel. So this is the first time that we're discussing a big TV show. So we're going to be talking about uh, the entire first season of the show. If you're following along, and you can check it out on Vid Angel. You could download the Chosen app. Which, once again, if you're unfamiliar, it is a TV show that is about um, the life of Jesus. It's kind of it's kind of the gospel stories, but with uh, they fleshed with it a little out. bit of historic lesson. They fleshed it out. They, yeah, they flesh it out a little bit. They fleshed so it it's out. Not, so it's not like they're saying this is the actual like real story. They definitely like fictionalize a couple of elements, but it's a pretty. I feel like. Um, well, I faithful. feel like let's start there, right? Because here's the thing about the gospel stories: it is mostly in three of the four books. It is mostly a list of miracles. Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, with some teachings sprinkled in there, because the intent with many of the writers was we need to convince people of you know this is the Christ, right? This is the Messiah, mm. and how do we do that? We list a bunch of miracles, uh, and there's not that much narrative in uh, in sure. the gospel stories, right? Like we don't really get a lot of the cultural historical uh, elements you're talking about. So like to frame it as like it's not historically accurate i'm like well there's sparse details like the movie noah isn't historically accurate but all we get in that book is like build a boat that's a hundred something cubits so well i'm saying a lot of like the things that they do with the characters it's not like there's hard evidence about yes this is who this person was like like we can probably assume that you know some of these based on what we you know have read in scripture and done in research we can probably assume that these people were like this but it's not like you know elements of the story you're not going to find in the Bible, which I'm cool with, you know, I'm cool with definitely fleshing, like we were saying, fleshing out the characters and, and all of that. Before I mentioned that I wanted to do an episode on this, were you at all familiar with the chosen or no? I was just familiar with what you had told me. Yeah. You've been preaching the gospel of the show. You had brought it up a few times and I won't lie. I was not happy when I found that I would be watching eight episodes (laughs) of of anything uh, to prep for a... of the West Wing, but yeah. yeah, it's a lot of content. It's yeah. just time-consuming, and yeah. um, I went into this a little perturbed. I, I, will, I will not lie about that. 
Okay. Brandon opening his heart to us on the show. I love it. I, I gotta, yeah, I gotta. This be is Godfellas, where we have to have accountability with each other. Our logo love- is literally a heart, <laughs> <laughs> made by Brandon. Um, similarly, yeah, it's uh, all I really knew was from you. And one of the things we both love about you, Zach. Not that we've had a conversation about this or anything, but like you get so excited about certain things, and then it's like. You have to watch it. 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 Like it, it was that way with the lighthouse, and it was a little bit that way with the chosen, right? And I'm like, I, okay, we'll see. We'll see what this this does for me. And I think all three of us, when we were kind of talking off mic about our experience of the first couple episodes, for me, I was like, this is good. I don't mm. know if this is like the hype that Zach has built it up to be. Like this is sure, gonna like sure. redefine Christian media. And then I kept going, and I had a really profound experience with it. So mm. I'm excited to talk about it more, but right. yeah, I all I really knew was what you'd kind of uh, yeah. preached at us about how great the show was. So Wait, well, uh, I wanted to do I wanted to do an episode because a lot of people that I know have seen the show, but not a lot of people who think about you know movies and um, media as seriously as I do. I don't want to say like my opinion is right and theirs isn't, but you know, like it's more people who, you know, they like, they're going to like a show like this or people who don't really dive in and think about like, what does this mean? What does that mean? People who don't watch things in the same context. So I wanted to, and I hadn't really heard that conversation happening from anybody who I feel like is in my camp when it comes to movies and TV shows. So I wanted to kick it over to you guys because there is kind of a sense of me wondering, is it as good as I think it is? Because, I mean, this is probably not the first time that this has been said on the show. No one loves biblical epics more than me. Yeah. Like True. in the world, I'm the biggest yeah. fan of them, so I'm always <laughs> okay. gonna grant them a little or a lot more grace when it when it comes to that. So I think your just, first child will be named Ben Hur. Yes, yes, it will. <laughs> but I, so I think for me, like ground level, like episode one and the whole series too, like when it's shot well and when it's directed with a sense of style and the dialogue yeah. isn't super on the nose all the time, I'm gonna be a little more like. Oh, it's like a real show. So I was eager to kick it over to you guys to. That's see a big what refrain I've heard from a lot of people now. It feels like a real show. Uh, yeah. Did you feel that way, Brandon? Like it, this felt like a real piece of, and and that feels pejorative towards a lot of Christian media, right? Like when we say real, it's like, well, the implication is like everything else is. And see, I think that's perfectly appropriate to say. But I, think I would perfe- agree. Yeah. I think it's yeah. perfectly appropriate to say, uh, yeah. to, saying that the chosen felt like a real show is because we've been given a lot of bad stuff from yeah. Christian media companies. I absolutely loved this show. I had an emotional experience with this show. There's no other way for me to frame this. I wept through many of the episodes. Pretty um, much every episode. Well, I, 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 I will was say sobbing the whole time. Yeah, the show, and and not to get too far away from the fact that it was real, um, it felt like a real show. You know, the the qualities there. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like the acting was there and I was so happy that I didn't know any of the actors really. I mean, there's a few that we've seen before, but like mostly no name actors. So happy about that. Yeah. The big gun was Cecil for Mr. Mr. Deeds. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which had me nervous. Like uh, when I saw he was playing Nicodemus, like before watching the, the thing, I was like, Ooh, ooh. right. I, I don't he's know. He's absolutely he's wonderful. He's absolutely yeah. wonderful in this. This show started out slow for me. 
And yeah. I was a little mm-hmm. nervous that I was going to just be drug all the way through this. And, you know, I had, I had talked to, you know, Mitch a little bit off mic and I was just like, I'm not in the right headspace for this. I'm not in the right headspace for this. We were both like three episodes in, yes. I think yes. on Wednesday. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have five more in me, uh, and, you know, before we were supposed to record on Thursday. Yeah. Man, those <laughs> starting episode four, I don't know what it was. It just roped me in. Jesus Loves the Little Children, episode three. <sighs> yeah. That's a good one. Spoke to me. Like, yes. this was the one that grabbed me and said, pay attention. I think what really grabbed, what like really stuck with me here was children being children yeah. and Jesus accommodating every question and and you can tell like like what really what really stuck with me is he was not just being polite he was truly Mm -hmm. interested at least the way this story was telling this show was telling the story jesus was interested and earnest and wanted to discuss these topics with these children and was just like very present and not dismissive i think there were so many great things about that episode and so many things that we miss when we read the Bible stories. I think Mm -hmm. one thing this show did really well was add the human element to to the gospel. We know the stories. We've heard these stories a thousand times. We know them all. And we can kind of, you know, when you're watching the show, you're connecting the dots. Oh, this is that story. Oh, this is that story. But all the stuff in between is the best part of the show. You know, it's the it's the stuff that's really mm-hmm. you know, all that in between stuff is the really gripping part. Even the when he's playing with the kids in the wedding episode and and Cana, yes, and Cana, yes. Yeah, like, this just, is who and the disciples even say we're gonna watch him do this. Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. rest of our lives, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this is the person Jesus was at a wedding. He's not hobnobbing with the rich people. He's not, you know, um, being preachy. He's down on the floor with the kids playing games like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was well, a great like just painting of of Jesus. And then later when um he's talking to the one kid who got in the fight at school. And, you know, it's not just him, like, yelling at the kid, but he's kind of like talking it out with him. Like he has relationships with with these people. And again, like the scene in the wedding, it's so weird because I think a lot of times we think of Jesus almost like a monk in some ways where like he walked around, didn't smile, was very quiet. But to think like he gets all his disciples together and they're like, where are you going? And he's like, we're going to a wedding. And they're not going to the wedding to do anything but celebrate marriage and to like have a good time. Like, I feel like that's something that we never see. And seeing that was like really refreshing for me personally. Well, I think the writers of the show do such a good job of really digging into what each moment in his ministry meant. That mm-hmm. wedding episode is really powerful because uh, it's it's the beginning of his public ministry, right? It's the moment, uh, like I love the monologue in that uh, uh, episode where it talks about like once you, uh, if you're carving into limestone, once you make that first cut, right, you can't mm-hmm. go back. Uh, and that's uh, being narrated as Jesus is deciding, right, I'm yeah. ready to perform my first public miracle. It made me feel for Jesus as a as a man, as a, a character in a show, but as a person of it is a big scary thing he is about to because set, he knows no going back. He this. knows what's coming yeah, at the other end of this. He knows what mm-hmm. this will mean. Um, I I love the weight that you can see 
in Jesus's on Jesus's face with that first miracle and how he's like, I'm not ready. You know, it's, I'm not ready for this yet. And it's not time things that we never would have thought, like things that just, you You just just read, you read story, right? That's all I love. I love the, the liberties they've taken here or the way they chose to flesh these stories out because it's not stuff that like changes the story, changes the facts. You know, it's not stuff that's like earth shattering, elements it's like just adding that human just adding those human moments mm-hmm. and i was really taken with that scene in particular yeah. yeah and i love when his mother brings back the line from the beginning of the episode uh as a child he says to her um when he's preaching right in the in the synagogue you know if if not now then when right, right? and then she right. brings it back of because mm. we're sensing reluctance in jesus now you know, if one's, when are you going to start, right? And, yeah. and But things will never be the same once he does. Yeah, really, yeah. really powerful. And can I say another moment that I loved in that episode? And again, it's such a small moment, but like when all the disciples are kind of like hanging out at first and Jesus goes, to James, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the one guy's like, well, you can call me Big James. But then he takes a moment and he goes like, Okay, are you cool with that, young young James? And they're like, Yeah, sure. And he's like, Great, we can we can move on. You know, like he like such a little moment to show he cares about people. Well, I'm starting to see like not to linger on this one episode, but in that wedding episode right, right. too, when he comes back out, uh, and he takes a moment, like he takes a moment, and you see the weight of what he's done. Like it's like he's like you know, the, it's taken something out of him, and well, then he, he looks at the, his disciples. Yeah. And he says, but first we must evaluate. Like he's talking about like, hey, big things are coming. But first we got to do something about Andrew's feet. Right. Yep. And he's like bringing yeah. levity back to the moment. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, and it's like, oh, I'm starting to see there's many facets to who this guy was. Right. There's right. Like a public face, a private face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be intrigued as we get more time with just Jesus, especially like yeah. such a huge part of what we do get in the scripture is. Uh, his time in the secret place and his time going off by himself. Mm. I'm going to be really intrigued to see like his interior life more and more. Cause there are yeah. kind of, uh, and I'm not saying he's duplicitous in any way. I'm just saying like he gives everyone what they need, Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes uh, they need that levity. Yeah. And the guy who plays Jesus is just incredible. He's so, he's mm-hmm. so good. We've talked a lot about uh, the guy who plays Jesus. Are there any uh, favorite characters for you guys that that jump out? I, I will say that I feel like someone who is supposed to be our favorite character is Simon. And mm-hmm. um, he does play a huge role in this in this series. And I want to point I, I don't think he's my favorite, but I do want to point to an episode that really grabbed me and it was uh it's the episode title is the rock on which it is built and it's the fourth one yeah the fourth, fourth yeah. the fourth episode about um the disciple well not the disciples then but the J- James and John and uh Simon and Andrew fishing all night long and Zebedee was there and you know I think this is the episode that I was like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Here's And here's why. That in, that story in particular is one that I have heard a ton. And, you know, we all hear about they were fishing all night and Jesus comes along, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And and we're, I think as a child, we're like, yeah, well, right, it's Jesus. Why weren't they just throwing <laughs> that dang net in the other? Why did they argue with him? You know, and like this, though, sh- these guys have been up all 
night. They're exhausted. Yeah. And I think we really get taken along. Like they really put their shoulder into all night long. They've been fishing and they mm-hmm. haven't caught anything. And how cavalier Jesus is like, throw, yeah, throw your net back in. And you can just see Simon. He's exhausted. He's dismissive. And Jesus is patient. And he is... Um, like he doesn't get upset with with Simon in this moment, and I think what really strikes me the most, like what really just like had the tears rolling during this scene, was uh, his brother Andrew, and how he from the very beginning was just on board, just on board. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Andrew this, is my favorite character. He he didn't mm-hmm. need him. He didn't need a miracle to believe, and he's like Simon. I told you. And I think like, I yeah. think like right then I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Amen. Uh, oh, so, so good. Such a, such a great moment, like a brother moment, you know, like mm. this is what I've been trying to tell you. And yes. he had to fill our boat with fish for you to see it. You know, I think, I think that was, that was so incredibly powerful. And uh, I love like the, the turn, like the, the 180 that Simon does there. And, um, you know, Jesus is just like, follow me. And mm-hmm. I think, I think the calling that, you know, how he chooses to call all the different disciples in different ways, mm. you know, like James and John, they're kind of a package deal, you know, and they'll, they're kind of, you know, they kind of go where the wind takes them. He's like, okay, come on, you know, and then uh, he knew, he knew Matthew was more analytical and mm. needed facts, needed, needed to see more things. I mean, and I know I'm I'm going on here a little bit, but uh, Matthew is my favorite character. Matthew was was hmm. my favorite part of this series. I think I think him and just like the thinker, I, you know, not yeah. not a, not emotional. I think that's what I think. There are some things with Simon that are like too emotional. He has some rough edges. He has some very yeah. Yeah. He has some very rough edges. I think that's why he's a very I, complex character. That's yeah. why I kind of gravitate towards. Matthew and I, I think there, there is no. I do like that about Simon though that he isn't like cleaned up now, like all right, of a sudden, right? right? right. Like he's yes. now he's Saint, mm-hmm. you know, Peter. Like no, he's right. He's still yeah, got yeah, some work the, to do as a like husband way, and as a disciple for sure. Yeah. Well, like on, on the way to the wedding, he's just like, all right, Jesus, like there's not going to be a whole lot of people here. This is going to be a great time for you to like tell everyone what's up. And Jesus, is like, we're going to a wedding, like. <laughs> Um, but to kind of jump on what you were saying, Andrew is probably my favorite character. Yeah. I think in the Bible we read and we're like, oh, Andrew is Peter's brother. But yeah. you see more like Andrew is the one who's kind of like a little more level headed and who's a little more like he doesn't want to go along with what his brother's doing, but he's going to. But like he's going to because he's his brother and he loves him. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I really like that element of like he has he has his family's back. Yeah. And I think that that's a super cool thing. And I I do love Jesus doing the first. We have to we have to fix Andrew's Andrew's feet. He's just a, a fun. Uh, I think he's kind of the voice of reason in a lot of uh, the mm-hmm. the shows. He's, and it'd he be seems really like easy the to make. anchor for like yeah. Simon, who uh-huh. is just flying off the handle in the first right. few episodes. He and feels then, like he feels like the steady as she goes brother to me. <laughs> Right. And yeah. it feels like it'd be easy for that character to become a little bit like stale, but I think the actor really brings a lot to that performance yeah. and it really works. Well, one of the things I'm appreciating so far is like every depiction of the apostles that I can think of 
It's like you got Judas. <laughs> sometimes you got Peter. Sometimes, you know, because right. he's the rock. Uh, right. And then, like, you got the other ten, right? Like, it's yeah. just, it's, it's always <laughs> right. how it's felt to me. And I do mm. appreciate that there's these different characters uh, that we're starting to get to know right now. Yeah. We haven't even met all of them at the end of season no, one. No, no, I think no, there was haven't. only six, right? Yeah. Plus, Mary made seven, at, you know, that he was traveling with at that time. Right. right. I think that was right. 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 Mitch, you were talking. I... Sorry. Oh, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, one of the things uh, One of the things that I love is I see different parts of myself in different characters. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh, okay, so episode four is maybe one of my favorites um, with, with Peter, because that scene before the boats where Andrew is trying to convince him, uh, he's seen John the Baptist point out uh, yeah. Jesus as the Messiah, right? So that's why he's on board, first of all, because he saw something amazing with John the Baptist uh, you know, this charismatic guy. Um, but Peter just has his nose to the grindstone at this point, right? Which mm-hmm. really resonates with me right now with where I'm at with my life of like, you know, you're not saying anything is something he says to him, right? Like, he's just so stressed. And it, it just really pointed out all the reasons that like people can, um, you know, all the obstacles to faith, right? Like, uh, who is this guy? Is he rich? You know, can he fix my debt? Is he a doctor? Can he fix, you know, our email? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, big line. deal, you know, big deal that yeah. some guy uh, points at him in the square. Uh, and I, I think it's just so easy for us to miss miracles when our nose is too close to the grindstone. So like that resonates with me. What did he Go call ahead. John the Baptist in that? I think crazy Simon John. Him like he called cra- him cra- I love cra- that. I thought it, I think it was creepy John. Actually, yeah, creepy John. Creepy John. Was like, even better. That's so good. Yeah, creepy John is great. Like the neighborhood lunatic almost. I was like, that's such a cool little thing. Yeah, I Sorry, love uh, those little yeah. moments. I mean, even in that episode, he's like talks to Matthew. And he's like, you're a little bit odd, aren't you? Right? Like it's just like yeah. they have these real yeah. interactions with each other. Mitch, yeah, but been, Matthew too. Yeah. Like he's you know analytical. Like his his arc in season one is super super compelling of like yeah yeah it i think what gets me about matthew is like this is literally a math problem like one plus one Mm -hmm. equals two i've seen i've seen this equals fish in this world yeah and you know i've seen these things happen and only this person can do these things so this must be this person and i must fall you know it's just like the the answer Mm -hmm. to an equation and I, I don't know. I just love how it just makes sense to him. And he locks his shop up or locks his, you know, booth yep. up and goes, you know, not even no concern for what he loses or what he will lose because of this, this decision. Yeah. And you I know, love his guard flesh... too. His dog, the, the guy who's his guard. I oh, love his dog. The, his dog yes, is like a super I, cute thing. But yeah, his relationship yeah. with the guard is super, yeah. super compelling. Right? Yeah, like I love yeah, that the I guard like, can't even bring himself to say he loves him uh, to the parents yeah. in that one scene. But he's like, "There's someone who cares." <laughs> I feel like even in like Bible school or like in church, like growing up, like characteristics of like Matthew, I feel like would be like dismissed as like just like vices or like, well, you know, we know that you know Matthew was a tax collector, and you know, so he had some sin, right? And uh, right, uh, yeah. right, like it would be, it would be painted that way. The show doesn't shirk away from like, yeah, he's made a, a horrible decision to betray his own people, right? Mm-hmm. But it really shows you why he might be compelled to do that. Yeah, right? you have the other guys who are like in the middle of the Dead Sea in the blistering heat trying to catch fish, and then you have a guy who has like 
a bunch of sandals and a really nice home. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, like if you have the skills to get out of there, it's like, well, what am I going to do? For me, like he's different. He's odd. Numbers make sense to him. Right. Right. This is a way, like, I love the line the guard says of like, you found a way to use your, you know, God given ability, right. To make a life for yourself. What's wrong with that? Right. Uh, Right. Right. So it, it, it's compelling for sure but it's like but you're but and again so it's like what you're doing you know with your with your gifts is like is one thing but the problem is is that like and i think that's the way that like sin works oftentimes it's like here's this thing that i'm good at what's wrong with that it's like well you're profit you know you're profiting off your own people well it's and then that journey he has to take when he's like looking at his life he's like and he try he goes out and he reaches to his parents he's trying to figure out my brain like i love this line he's like my brain has has gotten me pretty far in this life, right? Or mm-hmm. actually, I think the guard says that's him. And then yeah. he says, like, or, or so I thought, you know, I thought it did. Because uh, now he's starting to understand, like, the world can't all be explained by logic. I, I guess it's just this emblematic, this thing of, like, things, the gifts that God gives us, even those can be stumbling blocks uh, to mm-hmm. becoming, uh, you know, a follower of Jesus. It It really is just, it's really powerful to me to show, like, our deepest desires and motivations uh, and how that factors into our decision to follow. Mm. Yeah. Um, Mitch, you've been talking a lot about Nicodemus too and how he's He's my boy. Well, yeah, Yeah. he's my boy. So he is, he is my favorite. So yeah, like the rough edges, uh, the stumbling blocks, that's all Simon. Nicodemus is the spiritual doubt. It's the intellectual pursuit of God, right? You know, this really challenging position of, uh, you know, I have uh, a life, first of all. So he has, he has this really hard position. Like, can you imagine being married? Seizure. Brandon, you can. You're married, right? And, <laughs> I am married. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if, you're, if your spouse isn't on board, yeah. oh, my goodness, what do you do? Which that, is some right? of the most compelling parts of Simon Peter, not to jump away from Nicodemus, but that's some mm. of the some of the, the conversation between Jesus and contrast. Yeah. Uh, Simon's wife. Really, really like Eden rules. Making, She's awesome. Yes. But yes. making She's sure so, yeah. that not only are his men taken care of, his men's families are taken care of. Go, yeah. He knew that this was important. Simon was nervous about leaving home with you know the sick mother, and um, and he knew that was important. I, I love that. I love that. Scene. I have well, to I gush because the... any other Christian show, like literally the moment Simon finally like confesses that he'd been lying to Eden, she would have been like, oh, thank you for telling me the truth. Finally, sure. she'd roll over. Yep. Right. Mm. And I love that she doesn't. She's like, no, this is why you're stuck. And if I can't take care of my Ema, I'm not a daughter. I'm not a sister. I'm nothing. Mm. So I'm not going to, you know, forsake my family because of what mm. you've done. Oh, beautiful. I, I do love, and it, it's like a funny moment, but I love when uh, when Jesus heals the mom and she just wakes up and she's like, what's everyone standing around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus uh, has, Mitch. well, Jesus has tons of great little moments too. Like after sure. that miracle, like he just like shrugs and looks at yeah. everyone. Like uh, similar to like episode four, right before he like uh, puts all the fish in the boat, he like gives... Simon, yeah. a little nod, like, oh, really? Well, check check out, out what I'm yeah. about to do. Yeah, he's like, it's very much like, check this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I could jump in real quick on Nicodemus, I think yes. I was trying to put myself in his shoes. And mm. th- this is a man, this is a man of God. By all accounts, he is a man of God. He is following God's mm. law, what he, th- what he knows to be God's law. I think the Pharisees, like, I think they get a bad rap. And I think it would be hard to... 
for us reading the Bible now, I think it's very easy to judge. But if if we you know if we just kind of take where we are right now, we are members of a religion that is based on events that happened thousands of years ago. So if yeah. someone showed up today and started saying like started rocking our world, a new message basically, things that were was kind of modernizing things we knew to be true. I feel like I would have a similar reaction to Nicodemus. Like Well yeah, right. I mean like historically like I mean you could look at like the the Church of Latter-day Saints as like being like and I'm not saying I believe in that church, but there have been like offshoots of Christianity that have come since. Yeah. And know? so right. like right. I can appreciate the Difficult decision. I, I think I was mm-hmm. just trying to decide what that would be like, because he's fo- he's following God. He's following God's law. Yeah. Like the, this is a man who is who is devoted himself to. Yeah. Well, I think why I love that character though is because to follow Jesus really does mean you have to put up everything. You have to give up everything in yeah. your life, right? Yeah. And one of those things, like every character has a different aspect of their lives they're giving up. For Nicodemus, it, it's the intellectual part. It's intellectual safe. I'm Israel's well, it's teacher. Also, it's also yeah. the external, right? Yeah, his status, his life. But it's yeah. it's intellectual certainty. Uh, it's having ground under your feet. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna like follow him, you don't know what's gonna happen. You just gotta go. Like the mm-hmm. spirit, right? It's gonna move you. So yeah. it's it's very compelling. Yeah. Well, well, I love one of the things that I love too is that the Pharisees aren't like super bad guys in this because I feel like it'd be except you know, for Shmuel, a little bit. Shmuel's a little villainous, but I kind of, but I kind of get it a little bit because like he he doesn't seem yeah. like oh look at this liar. He's more like what are you saying? Because I mean, yeah. think about this: like if a homeless carpenter started traveling around with these like you know dangerous fishing guys and was like going into neighborhoods saying like what Brandon was saying like here's my new message and it's like who are you what are you saying like you can't say all of this stuff i so i feel like i get and i think with Shmuel, they definitely like he's the most bad of all of them but even then i kind of see like where he's coming from to some extent you know what's funny i actually think evangelicals uh and and some of our like conservative like we have a little bit of a conservative upbringing right uh the three mm. of us uh somewhat i think we may understand better than some other christian denominations like this obsession with the text of our faith mm. right with like uh for us it's like biblical you know accuracy right. and like being really like faithful and devoted and having a high regard for scripture um so i something i really appreciate about the pharisees uh is you're starting to get like some of that context of like You've got the Sadducees over here who they don't really vibe with. Then you got the Pharisees, right? Uh, and you're seeing, uh, like, Shmuel's big line is like, you know, the law is God. And the moment he says that, I'm like, all right, uh, you learned nothing from me. Like, please do not mm. tell people I was your teacher. Um, <laughs> right? But I, I think that that really sums up, uh, you know, in a, in a powerful way of, like, the, the scripture Right. Mm. You know, this is before Jesus and this is before the Holy Spirit, like God's word. Right. Uh, And our experiences in the temple, really, that's what we have. Right. Right, For our entire faith. So anything outside of that is uh, is extremely dangerous. And that that to me makes more sense now than it has before watching. I feel like the 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 biggest crime for lack of a better term, of the Pharisees is legalism. They are too committed to uh, the ways of the past and are 
unable and have have closed minds, you know, to anything new uh, and what that would mean for for their people really struggling to I hope I, I hope I would be able to identify Jesus in this. If I were them, I hope I would be able to yeah. identify, you know, uh, the Messiah mm-hmm. coming back and or not coming back at that point, but you know, arriving, arriving. and the, yeah, the, arri- the arrival of, of the Messiah. After watching <laughs> this, though, it, when you read the when you read the Bible story and you were in Sunday school and you hear the word Pharisee, it's like, oh, Darth Vader has showed yeah, the up, bad guys. <laughs> yes. you know, but yeah. but. This yeah. show like casts a different light. It's just, it's it's not like they're evil. They are men right. of God. They're just legalistic. They're unable to see outside of you know kind of their strict rules. And it'll be interesting to see those characters expanded upon. For, oh, we're for gonna sure. see them again. I can tell yeah. we haven't seen the last. Oh, of well, you know Shmuel. Nicodemus's story, right? Yeah, it keeps going. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we've been we've been fairly really positive uh, so far. Um, is there anything about the show that you don't care for in particular? And I'll throw out kind of a funny one. I don't like the theme song. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Wolf. I, I mean, it's grown Wolf. on me now, so when it kicks in, I can kind of like vibe. But like the first time I was watching the show, I was like, ooh, ooh <laughs> I, I don't like this. It feels uh, very like Nashville, it, like Christian contemporary radio yeah, to me. It doesn't me. quite match the, the tone of the show. To me, no. so I'm like, uh, here's I here's I why know. I do like it. Here's why I do like it. Every show that I've seen, every depiction of biblical anything that I've ever seen, has been way too high art for me. Sure. Like just way too like pompous and boring. <laughs> to be totally honest, like this is the first time that I saw something that it wasn't. Try- it wasn't like to me. It wasn't trying to be hip. It wasn't trying to be hip. It was just saying nah, like that's like my we, criticism. I think yeah, it is trying to be. Hip. I don't think it's trying yeah. to be hip. I just think it's trying to be real for a minute and and kind of take a step back from all of the uh, the nonsense. Like if we had heard Handel's Messiah or something playing over top, I think. <laughs> I don't think we were in danger of that. Like, I feel like, I feel like though, everything else I've seen is just very, very pompous. Sure, sure. But uh, any Mitch, anything that you didn't care for that or don't care for in the show? It's not any one thing. I think there are uh, some stylistic things I don't always vibe with. I don't love the cinematography. It's a lot of handheld. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think they're doing that with intentionality, which is actually kind of nice to see a Christian show think about cinematography. Right. It's just not my preferred style. It makes it like feel very gritty and on the ground, which I get is what they're going for. But uh, it also makes it feel very quaint to me in some ways. Um, uh, I, I, there's also a lot of lines in the dialogue to me that feel very... One of the things I love about the dialogue is they're not afraid to add in these idioms and anachronisms uh, uh, to make it feel fresh. And yeah, to right. get the spirit of the story, right, uh, and the culture, but occasionally they'll throw in like a line that's going to be on a T-shirt, like yeah, uh, you know, like get, get used, used to, to different, different is the yeah. big oh. one. Like that was powerful to me. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, right. Uh, but there's a lot of those lines in like every episode. I right? gobbled those it up. Feels like they could, yeah, like they could <laughs> literally be looking at camera. Uh, I, I loved all. I loved all those lines. I really did. I think to me, some of these lines they did feel like teed up, you know, oh, yeah. uh, there were, there were plenty of those, plenty of lines that were like, I, you know, I'm not going to try to think of one. Um, but I think for some reason I loved that stuff. I don't know why, 
And well, you know what was a good one in episode two that made me cry? Uh, Mary says, I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing yeah. that happened in between was him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that was meant for the Bible study question. But yep. gosh, I don't care. That, <laughs> yeah. I, I was sobbing. Yeah. I was sobbing. <laughs> so many times, every time, actually, that I've ever seen anything like this, we put, our pedal down, yeah. we put the pedal down and we fly straight to the crucifixion. We miss everything else. All this really great stuff. I yeah. like that they kind of told a sh- like a small portion in the hopes that season two would get crowdfunded and they'd be able right. to make season two. I love that they left stuff on the table. It is just going to, it's going to make, it's going to be better for the, for the series. I think. Yeah. yeah I and can't to believe. be clear. It's good enough that I, I think I would give, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would give I my own give. money. Well, I just feel like the show gets the push and pull of like a good TV show. Cause like, if, <laughs> if you remember like Shmuel, uh, had that nice moment with Nicodemus before in that episode where Nicodemus like gets him on his side. He's like, hey, we can be the ones to, you know, or at least yeah. it appears that they're on the same page. And then Jesus, I'm not I, I'm not saying he's trying to push Shmuel over the edge, but he pushes Shmuel over the edge when he's like, I can forgive sins, by the way. Right. I mean, he's uh, being then he's himself. Like, yeah. 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 He's, you know, like, hey, I can forgive sins. And then it's yeah. like, that's the last straw for this Pharisee. I'm out of here. We're, we got to put a stop to yeah. it. It's- well, also, I, I will say Jesus's rebukes never feel mean spirited. And nope. I feel like we always see like, and mm-hmm. Jesus stood up and he shoved it in those stupid, dumb Pharisees faces. <laughs> and then this one, he's kind of like, hey, guys, like, what are you not? What are you not getting? Like, come on. Uh, you know what the best the, the best re- non rebuke rebuke to me was? If you guys have to ask me about everything we do before, like as yes. I'm doing it, this is going to be a very long and annoying trip. Like, yeah. Also, though, I'm thinking um, these questions. Also, are- on that episode, Simon, everyone here knows what you're thinking most of the time. It doesn't take God's wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> it was super good. But I'm thinking, like, if you're following this man around and you have no idea what's going to happen next, he's done crazy things, uh-huh. and you have no idea. Like, you're going to have some questions. So. I love that it gets that part. It gets that right. Like these guys yeah. are going to have tons of questions. Also, yeah. let's kind of, you know, point to the fact that questions can get old and you just got to go with the flow sometimes. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely. That's what um, I mean about the anachronisms, though. He literally, I think, says like a Q&A session. Like he's like a question and answer yes. every time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I love that they put it so simply. Like I might, if I were watching that with a kid, they would get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you guys have a favorite episode? I'll throw it out. My favorite is the wedding episode. And one of the things like Mm. I feel like Thomas, when I figured out that it was him, that it was doubting Thomas, I was just kind of like careful, (laughs) you know, like I was like, watch it. I don't want to hear him say I doubt it once because we've seen so many times Thomas is like, oh, I doubt we have enough wine. But I loved in this that he's just like a man of like, I want everything to fit in this box that I'm putting it in. And oh, there's a problem. Here's how we fix it. Like he's very much like, you know, he's behind the scenes. He's got like his fingers and all the pies like, okay, I know what we're doing. I know what's happening. And then Jesus shows up and he and he doesn't quite get it. And he has a lot of questions. I love that. That's what the character was rather than I just don't believe anything because that's a lot of times how we see him in this thing. It's just a guy who has no faith, but it's more like I like to, (laughs) you know, I like to have my faith grounded in something. Where is it? I really, and just really good episode, really good character moments. 
it was a funny moment. I liked when um I forget who it was who was talking to Mary, who was like, and and your son, is he handsome? And Mary was just kind of like, mm, yeah, yeah, like not really. <laughs> yeah, that was a great Yeah, he's fine. Mary rules, by the way. Yeah. Like yeah. I just a lot of great uh characters in the like even yep. the supporting players, like I thought the guy who played John the Baptist was great. Like great yes. casting. Like he looks a little weird, but it wasn't like the traditional like I'm a big weirdo. <laughs> Creepy right? John. Yeah. Yeah. It was more just like uh, man, I I I love his back and forth with Nicodemus. Yes. It's just like we have different perspectives on ministry, right? Like You've got these fancy clothes. I, you know, I'm I'm the guy eating bugs and baptizing. But like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, yeah. There's just so many great moments and great characters uh, in this show, y'all. I think yeah. episode seven invitations. It has two things that I I feel like are the two of the stronger parts of this season. Uh, the one is an easy one. The, the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. I think. Yeah, the John three. Oh my goodness! Yes. I think it's <laughs> insanely. Can I just say insanely little, powerful? Little thing. I loved when it cut over to the disciples and they were just writing. Like, what did he say? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like so. I've stated that Matthew is is my favorite character and i feel like the things we see from matthew in that episode and the way it ends with like jesus and the dinner party that they're preparing this is, that's this episode right and he's yeah. like and he's like mm-hmm. oh i'm not usually invited to any part dinner parties he goes well you don't have to worry about that because you're worry. hosting you're hosting it yeah <laughs> i think yeah. jesus is kind of the care he takes with Matthew. He knows he's special. And I think we really see that in, in that episode seven. Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite too. It's, it's either seven or four with, yep. with Simon. Seven those or four. are, those are my two favorites. Um, gosh, uh, the payoff too with seven. And I mean, from a storytelling perspective, not from like Nicodemus's life, but like when, when Nicodemus isn't able to make that choice to leave behind everything and to go in the, in the eighth episode. Yeah. Uh, and he's just sobbing on the wall just a few feet away. And that Jesus says, you were, you were so close. You were so close. Uh, uh, that that broke my heart. Yeah. Like mm. ugly, gross sobs. <laughs> like yeah. I, I just couldn't handle it. It was it was very painful. But yeah, that, those those are my faves. Seven and four. Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Just like when they offered you a second ice cream sandwich at youth group, when I offer you more of the chosen, you are going to give me a yes, please, or a no, thank you. So, Mr. Sharp, let's kick it over to you. Um, Season two of the chosen, yes, please, or no, thank you. I'm all in on season two of The Chosen. I think season one did things that no other Christian media show, movie, miniseries has ever done before. I think, I think it took stories that we've heard thousands of times before, and whether that be Sunday school, you know, in in other um, media releases, it took those stories. And it fleshed them out and added the human element and it created a real work of art. And I, I think, um, I think I definitely 
want to see more of this. I am watching this almost with fresh eyes. You know, I know the end of this story or the the beginning of the story, if you if you will. But I am watching this series with with fresh eyes because there's so much that um, has been reimagined and is being uncovered as we as we uh, kind of traverse this um, this timeline. And I'm really excited about season two. Yeah, I I was just thinking like when you pitched this, there was a part of me that was like, if I never have to watch one more biblical adaptation uh, in my life, it'll be too soon. Like I just I truly before watching this, I was like, I don't know if I need that anymore. If I need more of it, what more? Um, really is is going to be said. It's just it, they always feel very stale. Like I feel like hearing most people's interpretation of these Bible stories, these gospel stories, it's like listening to elevator music. Like it's still the song of the gospel, but like there's no personality. What the special parts have been stripped away. Like it's mm-hmm. just not the same to me. This interpretation of the gospel has increased my empathy for my neighbor. It has made me want to dive into God's word, which is. Man, that's high praise, right? For mm. for Christian media, like that, it really makes me want to get into the word. Uh, it has redeemed, in some ways, stories that have felt stale to me. Have felt, honestly, sometimes um, uh, like stories that have been abused and misused by the church mm. and, and taught in ways that I thought were harmful. Um, it really just uh, imbued these stories with humanity. Um, it, there was an on ramp for me as as a human being. I was like, oh. I know that person, um, which which is huge, right? Um, so, I think there's sometimes like this weird idea that like, if you love the Bible, if you have a high regard for Scripture, don't touch it, right? Not allowed to mess with it. Don't touch it, right? Like if you if you follow Jesus and you love His Word, uh, <laughs> don't take any chances. Don't don't engage with it thoughtfully. I'm so so excited when I see uh, especially people who are like like kind of in the tribe uh, right like engaging uh, with this kind of uh, material thoughtfully uh, because it brings hope it brings peace uh, it makes me want to take Jesus seriously and I think even for those this is the first kind of like show like this where like I feel like I could actually show this to someone who isn't a believer yeah. and they would at least uh, like see like these stories have some power to them right uh so i don't know yeah i i loved it um it it definitely wants me it makes sorry it definitely makes me want to be included in in this movement it makes me want to be a part of it it makes me want to you know reclaim uh what it means to make christian art and to be a follower of jesus and uh, step up to the table uh because yeah it's a it's a beautiful beautiful show and uh, I think if you haven't had the chance to watch it, check it out. You're going to cry. Check it out. You're going to love it. In conclusion, folks, download the Chosen app. It's free to watch. So go check it out. And if you want to talk more about it, you can talk to us at, at The Real Lounge on Facebook. That's our private group. If you're interested, why don't you look it up? And ask questions. But if you want to engage with us just in general on social media, check us out at The Real Boys. That's R E E L Boys on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that good stuff. I am always so pleased to talk about good things on this show because this show uh, is kind of a mixed bag when it comes to some of the content. <laughs> so it's definitely nice to uh, have an episode where we can just talk about how much we. Uh, 
we love Liked something. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we will see you guys next time for a very special episode. I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Mr. Mitch. And I'm Mr. Brandon. Get used to different. Well, the adventure is over. We're all heading home. But I